You are Locked On Heat, your daily Miami Heat podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, Heat Nation. I'm David Ramillo, credential reporter and the host of Locked On Heat, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Please make sure to subscribe to the show if you haven't already, wherever you listen to podcasts to get the latest episodes. Today's episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra. Are you happy because you win? Or do you win because you're happy? At only 2.6 carbs and 95 calories, it's only worth it if you enjoy it. Stay tuned for the Ultra Player of the Week coming up later in the episode. Miami was looking to win a six-straight game. Didn't work out that way, unfortunately. An 89-85 to loss to the Memphis Grizzlies. But to recap the game with me, an up-and-comer and heat winner, I think that's fair to say. Mr. At Twisted Tapioca, a.k.a. Tony Shorts. How are you doing tonight, Tony? I'm having like one of the most difficult nights to deal with ever, David. This game tore me apart. <laughs> it was so confusing to watch. It really was. I think that's a, a pretty fair assessment, too, because watching this game, Miami started off sluggishly. Memphis seemed to have a little bit more energy going. Look, Miami on the second night of a back-to-back, so you could probably expect that they would be missing some energy, missing a couple key players, not just Avery Bradley, but also Andre Iguodala. We find out news earlier in the day that the Heat have actually completed a trade for Trevor Reza, something we'll talk about in the third segment, but as for the game itself, Jimmy Butler going through some lingering injury issue. We thought maybe after last night's game that he might sit out tonight's game, and uh, it didn't work out that way. He was actually in the starting lineup alongside Bam Adebayo, making his second straight appearance after missing the previous four games. None of that mattered. Jimmy was the only actual player that seemed like he was playing at a pretty high level. Everybody else really struggled from the field. Eight of 34 from three-point range, a whopping 23% from behind the arc. Memphis wasn't any better, and that's partly what led to this whole general malaise when it comes to this game. It was just this back-and-forth affair. Memphis had a 17-0 run to take a nine-point lead, and then in the late in the fourth quarter, Miami was able to Stormed their way back. I thought it was oh, I thought it was done with about four minutes left in the game. Miami shut me up pretty quickly. They went and scored, I think, seven straight points to tie the game, but they couldn't get anything done from there. They had an opportunity late in the game to tie it up. Bam Adebayo inbounding the ball. Tyler Hero open on the corner, and somehow Bam makes the decision to throw it into traffic in, against to against to, to Jimmy Butler in the painted area away from the rim and the ball was easily intercepted, led to two free throws and the game was over from that point on and uh, just an ugly, ugly game. Any thoughts? As I listen to you recap, I think that I'm more inclined to smash my head into the wall. It was disgusting. And the double, the second night of a back-to-back is real. If you look at Goran's box score, he was negative 19 on the night. He was 0-4 from three. 2 of 11 from the field. He shot 18% today. If that player gives you anything, we might come out of this game with a win. But that was the whole story of the night. Is We weren't getting anything from anybody but Jimmy. Yeah. Jimmy gave you, what, 24-7-2? and two? I mean, that's a, pretty good, that's a pretty good box score. He was out there playing tonight. And we just got nothing from so many other players. I, I'm legitimately concerned about Goran Dragic. I, I don't Me know and you, you both. Yeah, okay. So I, I've been talking about this on the show. I actually didn't recap the Chicago Bulls game, which is the one game in which he had an incredible performance, of course, scoring 20 points in the fourth quarter. Since then, 
I mean, he's gone like three for 50 or something like that. It is not great. I'm exaggerating, but ever just so slightly. The reality is that he's not shooting well. He's not getting to the rim. The three-point shot looks flat. Uh, I, I had wondered even prior to the season, and I know it seems like an eternity ago, that he would might actually retire. And then we see some bursts here and there. He misses some games. He misses some games due to health and safety protocols, then injury, and the whole rush of the season, the lack of practice, I just and of course the injury and his age, he just does not look anywhere close to being the kind of explosive player that he was in the Orlando bubble. I would be able to take it better, David, if he wasn't playing 28 minutes a game. And that that's the piece for me that it starts to to get pretty rough. He's out there shooting the ball. He's taking the shots with confidence, um, but they're clearly not falling. And he clearly doesn't have the legs to play that long into a game. And when both of your starting guards, Kendrick shooting two for 10, one of five from three, we have, when that happens in a game, this offense is so stagnant. It it looks really bad. Yeah. I mean, that's, it sounds simplistic, but that's the reality too. And look, I mean, Goran had an opportunity there, maybe a rush shot at the end of the game or towards the end of the game. And the shot looks just flat. Like I, I would have had, utter confidence in him taking that shot last season i watched it now and the second it leaves his hand i, I know it's falling short and it did and the number of shots looked like that like i he, of his two made field goals uh, they were both within like five feet of the rim push shots uh floaters he just doesn't seem to have any lift at all whatsoever and, and look and it, we, it's not yeah go ahead we talked before um about how we expected him to be a piece coming back that would propel this team into winning and he, we've actually won in despite of Goron, which is an interesting situation. I, I don't, I don't know how we fix this. I don't know if it's one of these situations where we just need another ball handler. Because remember that was a topic we talked about too. Yeah. If there's another ball handler here, we don't have to play him 28 minutes in the game, um, and maybe he can be more efficient on his scoring. Look, Avery Bradley might provides some kind of boost he's not really that kind of a ball handler he's more of a secondary ball handler if anything and i wouldn't trust him certainly not with the the game at the on the line if anything i know goran is probably still able to initiate offense better than avery bradley has ever been able to over the course of his career but it's just at least bradley was shooting well Mm. something out there And, and look with the trevor or reason news I'm not sure what happens next for Miami. I don't think there's another strong lead guard available. I know a lot of Heat Twitter still has hopes that Victor Oladipo will find his way to a, a, a you know a Heat jersey this season. I don't see that as a realistic possibility, and I'm not sure who's going to get bought out that would provide some kind of uh, you know alleviate some of these concerns. But look, and I, as much as we're trashing Goron, and I hate to even do that. Let's be honest. A lot of players really struggled today. Tyler Hero, four of 11. Duncan Robinson, four of 13. And that's a guy which, if he's not, you know, he has those off-ball cuts that he was making. But if he's not scoring from the perimeter, he's not doing much else. And look, he tries hard on defense, but it was not a great night for him. Uh, Kendrick Nunn, you mentioned before. Precious Achua getting some early minutes, and he wound up playing just 10 minutes, one of five from the field. So a lot of players just seemed uncomfortable and you can chalk it KZ. up. KZ yeah. had one nice block and then 20 minutes of nothing. Moved his feet occasionally. Well, but he, <laughs> at one point he got crossed up pretty badly by John Morant and made him look silly. It's just look, I'm not disappointed in the loss necessarily. Well, let, let me rephrase that. 
I'm not utterly dismayed by it. I know a lot of people are saying I had one person on Twitter say this was the worst loss of the season. To me, it's it's not even close. Uh, You know, there's the Atlanta bomb a couple weeks ago, the West Coast road trip that was disastrous. Uh, I mean, I'm sure there was other Washington. Yeah, Detroit. Yeah, there have been lots of lots of turds somehow throughout scattered throughout the seasons that tonight was just smelling of roses in comparison. But it it was the second night of back to back. They got the best performance they possibly could have out of Jimmy Butler, short of what he did in the NBA Finals. I, I just, Bam should have stepped up. And that's that's another takeaway from yes. all this, is as much as everybody else struggled other than Jimmy, Bam certainly should have had a much more impactful game. And you have to give credit to Jonas Valanciunas. He's a guy who does certainly challenge Bam with his size and physicality. And Bam has to be able to find a way to counter that. And that's where the lack of an offensive repertoire certainly steps up here. I also think it's where the lack of another big uh, affects this team pretty harshly. Because Spo doesn't have a way to, while in-game, scheme Bam open against bigger and tougher uh, matchups. The, the two things I had circled here going into this was that Goron gave you nothing, and Bam had a mediocre stat line on a night where if he can get you 20 points, you're going to win a game. Uh, and he, like you said, he had a rough bit against Valanciunas. Yeah. And I, I just hope as the team goes forward with Ariza here, we can get him on the floor in some of these spots, uh, get him around the basket and, and free up Bam to, to move off ball a little bit, cut towards the basket. I think these are sets that we'll be able to run more often. Um, but it, it is confusing. And, and man, it's it's challenging to watch, isn't it? Yeah. Um, shout out also to Kelly Olenek. You only played uh, eight, 18 minutes and most of those dogged by foul trouble. So a very, so early. Yeah. A very quiet, um, just not impactful night for Kelly only took one, three pointer, one of two overall from the field, contributed six rebounds and two assists. And I don't look Memphis plays solidly defensively, no doubt about it. But I think, uh, a lot of this was just fatigue um maybe just overall mental exhaustion uh, there's a lot of different things going on there but at, at the very least i know that jimmy butler played well miami will have a chance to bounce back they'll travel back to miami later on tonight and then on friday they will host the indiana pacers for the first of a two game set against the pacers they'll be playing on friday and on sunday so that should be an exciting matchup the pacers having lost tonight probably looking for a a little bit of revenge themselves. They welcomed Karis LeVert back into the lineup recently, but uh, they're struggling. They haven't won since the All-Star game. I'm sure they'd love to be able to take it to the the Heat uh, at home, so that will be an interesting matchup. But for now, at least, it wasn't a bad loss. It was an ugly game overall. Miami did the best they could, but one player certainly tried his hardest. That was Jimmy Butler, and that's why he remains my Michelob Ultra Player of the Week. I just can't seem... To wrap my mind around his overall impact on the floor, Tony, it's just he brings so much joy to everything that he's doing, so much happiness, and it's kind of like sitting back with a nice cold Michelob Ultra myself. I think you just enjoy a, a nice beer every once in a while, even as these times continue to stay troubled for so many people around the country and around the world. If you just take a moment here and there to appreciate the little things like Jimmy Butler picking a part of defense there or, or trying to find a way to split the seams and, and intercept a pass and, and drive it for a transition basket. I, I think you can clearly see that he is Miami's best player, or at least a player who seems to always enjoy himself. And that's why I think, uh, you know, Michelob Ultra and Jimmy 
basically synonymous as far as I'm concerned. So they are a match made in heaven. Yes. Joy, happiness, enjoyment, all the things we get from a Michelob Ultra, but also from watching Jimmy Butler play. We'll be talking a little bit more about the game. I'm not sure how much more we can break it down, but uh, we'll get into some of the minutiae here and there, maybe some of the things that we could do a little differently. And we'll also talk about Trevor Ariza because that's the big news. And maybe whether or not Miami has any other moves left up their sleeve, we'll talk about it in the next couple segments here on the number one Miami Heat podcast for the latest news, rumors, and analysis. If you're looking to place a bet online, the fastest and easiest way to do that is by going to bet online to bet on all your sports action. Football's over, but the NBA, college basketball, and the NHL are in full swing. Bet online even covers awards and TV shows, reality TV. If you want to bet on The Bachelor or Real Housewives, whatever you want, you can go to bet online and figure it out. Real time updated odds and props and almost anything you can imagine. Bet online has you covered for all the news, scores, and odds. It's the best way to place your bet, and it's free to sign up. So head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today, and you'll get a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. Don't forget to use that promo code locked on. Betting on the NBA doesn't have to be a guessing game. If you listen to the new Locked on Bets podcast hosted by your boy Q and handicapping expert Lee Sterling, get daily picks and quick hitting advice to make the smartest possible wagers. Subscribe to the Locked on Bets podcast brought to you by betonline.ag, wherever you get podcasts. I'm here with at Twisted Tapioca, star of Heat Twitter, up and comer, Mr. Tony Schwartz. We're talking about Miami's loss to the Memphis Grizzlies on a long Wednesday night for so many of us. Look, it's it's it was an ugly game. I, I just I'm trying to wrap my mind around it. And you know, the thing is, you and I both talked before the game, and we kind of agreed it was a scheduled loss. And that was even before we were sure whether or not Jimmy would return to the lineup. It just seemed like it was going to be a struggle for the Heat all night. And unfortunately, that wound up being true. It was. I want to give a big shout out to Max Struess today. He played solid eight minutes. I mean, that is a bright spot in my book. Why do you think he hasn't been playing? I, I can't seem to figure it out. I, I Look, with Spo, it's always about juggling these minutes, and then he always refers to the work behind the scenes. Even when he was asked earlier today about KZ's recent impact and what he likes about him, he just said, you know, he's been putting in the work behind the scenes. When Precious didn't get playing time, I assume it was something also practice-related. For Kelly last season when we was in and out of the lineup, all these players always have to show something in practice in order in order for them to earn Spo's trust. I'm not sure how much Max Struess can possibly do in a practice court situation, but he seemed like he was ready. He was impactful. I mean, he took a charge, had a three-pointer. I mean, what else do you want from the guy? In, in Max's case, anytime he steps on the floor, he's competing very hard. Um, and, and to Precious's cause, he also plays with a lot of power and intent. Uh, it just doesn't always translate for him. And that, and I think Spo sees those inconsistencies, both in Precious and KZ. And when they come out more often than not, they're getting benched. In Struess's case, I'm not really sure what it is because he does play a very middling game. And just anything with some consistency would be good for this squad right now. He's not going to give you 15. Um, he's, he's not going to give you a lot of assists, but he's going to come out there. He's going to play hard on defense and he's going to compete. Like you said, take charges, um, play hard defense. These are all things you get from him. So I'm not sure why he's not seeing the floor more often because he does play well when he's out there. 
Gabe Vincent also was a guy I, I thought with Kendrick struggling early on, I thought we would get some kind of change to the rotation, maybe get Vincent in there because Goron needs to take a break. And that seems pretty obvious. Yes. yes. And like Vincent's defense has been so high level prior to his inexplicable benching over the last few games. Uh, he can at least provide the theory of some outside shooting, which Miami desperately needed when they went eight of 34 from behind the arc. So I'm not quite sure what the the situation is. How how do you rate Spolstra's coaching this year? Because I feel like over the last 12 games where Miami's won 11 of those, everybody was like, ah, this is Spo. This is Spo from the fucking bubble. We know this guy. He takes chances. He's freaking amazing. So well coaching. I mean, great, great play calling, expert rotations. And then, you know, he loses the game in Memphis. And we're all like, what the hell is he doing? Why doesn't he put this guy in there? <laughs> what, 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 I mean, is that just the recency bias? Is that just like the yeah. passion of fans? I don't know. What, what do you make of, uh, of Spo's coaching this season? Look, Spo has legit criticisms this season. Um, the, the lack of challenging that he does because he dislikes it. The, the Sometimes the rotational choices that he makes it. But far be it for me to criticize this man on anything. He has... Uh, coached them back into a home court advantage in the playoffs right now. And I think that's mostly on his back because the rotation seemed to solidify going into this winning streak. Um, I also think that there's probably some bit of a master plan here going into the playoffs. I don't know if it's to give rookies more exposure, give the young guys more exposure for trade packages. Um, I don't know if it's to make points because they're not playing hard in practice to shore them up for the off season. But I'm sure there's some kind of method to his madness. He's not just out here picking players the day of who's going to go onto the court and get time. But it, it sure seems awkward, doesn't it? Yeah, it does. I, I like your conspiracy theory, though. I, I mean, my, yeah. my former co-host, Wes Goldberg, was big on the conspiracy theories. So he always looked for things that were... I didn't think we we're obvious, but uh, he, he tried to read the tea leaves pretty effectively. And uh, he was often wrong, but, you know, you have to give him credit for at least taking a chance. I like I always try to make it positive and look at the flip side of this is that anytime you can get these young guys some playing time, if you do wind up making changes to the roster by bringing in LaMarcus Aldridge after the buyout or another player along those same lines, at least, you know, you can go to Achua and he's not going to be like a deer caught in headlines that he has some experience in these kind of situations so to me it's always a positive i want to ask you about uh, justice winslow because a quiet night for justice a two of eight from the field 19 minutes of play but still a plus minus plus 14 with five total points three rebounds yeah. i i thought he was going to have a much more impactful night one of the things that i always kind of think with about justice is during the limited time that he was actually available in a heat jersey there were moments there where he always did seem like a gamer like he was up for the challenge i'll never forget the philadelphia 76ers playoff series that Eric Reed actually mentioned in the broadcast and and you know there was justice stepping on Joel Embiid's goggles you know calling Ben <laughs> calling Ben Simmons a bitch and I was like yes this is the justice Miami fans have been hoping for and it never quite panned out for a number of reasons there but I, I was optimistic he'd have a big game I thought he would want to take it to Miami just to prove what a mistake it was and that he was actually deserving of being a, a face of the franchise moving forward which you know is a probably a big factor in why he was traded last season but overall just a quiet night for him are you uh where do you fit on the uh the scale of appreciating or hating justice winslow uh i think justice has some weird revisionist history with him where uh everybody just seems to think that he was like uh way 2.0 uh justice definitely had some amazing moments here and god did you bring up the best one uh that philadelphia series is amazing 
he's really good, man. He plays uh, excellent defense. He's stronger this season too. I don't know if you can tell, but he's putting his shoulder into players. Uh, he's taking the ball right to the cup, which means he feels a little bit more secure about his finishing, which was always his problem here. I, I really, really like the guy. He's one of the few players that if we were to talk about bringing X heat guys back, I would love him and, and Josh. I would absolutely love them on this team. They would fill out uh, a need immediately, but uh, justice, uh, the justice better crowd. It wasn't justice better. I apologize. He, it, there's guys that were better than justice Winslow, but he was very good with his time here and he, it sucked to see him go, but it was, you know, it was for Jimmy Butler. It, it's kind of, you know, the earlier version of Casey Opal, right? Like where everybody's anticipating all this potential and certainly we see it on occasion, but it has to be a way of manifesting. And with justice, look, I always, give him a little bit more leniency because he was like Josh Richardson. Also, he was part of so many different iterations from Rook one and Rook two on a team with two play a hall of fame level players and Chris Bosch and Dwayne Wade, Luol Dang, even Josh McRoberts. Like this was a, that was a very veteran laden team. Oh, Nick Bob. Yeah. And then the following season, of course, uh, you know, they lose Chris Bosch uh, to uh, what wouldn't have being a career threatening injury. And then, he, he, you know, they, they lose Dwayne Wade too. And it's just, it's just this huge problem trying to find any kind of footing during the risk. David, this is so much funner. Can we just talk about old heat teams? I would so much rather do that. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, I, I hear you. I, I, I agree with you there. Those were fun teams. I look, I, I, I like this team too. I, I really do. Even with the, the glum nature of the Myers Leonard situation over the last couple of weeks, just hanging over the team, over the NBA, over anybody really with a pulse. I, I feel like uh, this still has been a very fun team during their win streak and they've shown flashes here and there, which is why I don't feel too bad about the loss. And I was looking forward to seeing justice play a little bit more effectively, just to kind of shut everybody up and remind people about, you know, the potential that was always there and never quite manifested. And also just to say, you know what, we should support, these players a little bit more when they're trying their hardest. Like I don't think justice could have done any more to get any better while he was here in Miami. It just didn't quite work out for him. And sometimes that's just something you have to accept as a fan of the team. Yeah. If he went off, I think it would give us at least something to point to and talk about, right. Uh, yeah. This game is a malaise. There wasn't too much exciting that happened in either side, but to your point, we played a horrendous game and we still allowed less than 90 points and only lost by four. If we could get anything from KZ tonight or Goron, this might have went a little differently. Yeah. It's it's not gloom or doom time. It's just, man, this one felt really bad. Yeah, there was like uh, at least eight or nine shots. Maybe I'm exaggerating, but that's what it felt like uh, in the third quarter, I think early in the fourth, too, that just seemed to rim out. Like they were easy shots or good shots, makeable shots. It just didn't seem to fall for whatever reason. And I know it's a make or miss league. That's somewhat cliche, but also true. And, and maybe those shots fall and we're just saying, oh, well, it was an ugly game, but they won their 12th out of the last 13th games. And then everybody's all happy and hunky-dory and everything's all puppy dogs and ice cream. Unfortunately, it's a little glum, a little ugly. Maybe it's just the Grizzly style. Maybe it's the fact that Miami was tired uh, and missing a couple players. But either way, at least there's a the future to look forward to. And a big part of that future is Trevor Ariza. So we'll talk about the trade. We'll talk about what it means for Miami and what it means for their immediate future in the next segment here on Locked on Heat. But first, let me tell you about rockauto.com. 
Look, I, I hate ordering auto parts. I don't like going to a store myself. I'm not particularly handy when it comes to rebuilding my car or anything like that. So I go there, ask questions, and the person behind the counter just looks at me and wonders what the hell I'm talking about. I know it's not easy for a lot of you either. So why bother going through that intimidating questioning process when all they're doing is ordering parts on their computer? You've got access to computers in your pocket too with access to rockauto.com. Uh, just go there. It's a family-owned business. They've been serving auto parts customers online for 20 years. You can choose from hundreds of manufacturers on their easy-to-use site. You get everything you need with just a few easy clicks delivered directly to your door. Why spend more for the exact same parts at a chain store? rockauto.com's low prices are the same for everybody. So go to rockauto.com right now, see all the parts available for your car or truck, then go to the section that says, how did you hear about us? And write locked on so they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car or truck will ever need. That's rockauto.com. And when you're done ordering your parts for your car or truck, make sure you grab yourself a Built Bar. We've been telling you about this for a long time. It's the best tasting protein bar on the market. Tony, I'm sure you agree. It's amazing. Low calorie, low sugar, high protein, high fiber, amazing tasting protein bar, 100% covered in chocolate on all 18 delicious flavors. Now is the time, however, to find out which Built Bar is the best, it's Built Bar Madness. It's a March Madness-style bracket, Tony. I'm not sure if you've been following on the show, but you get to vote if you go to BuiltBar.com. And today has a really special matchup. It's peanut butter versus cocoa puff, coconut puff, excuse oh. me. Yeah, that's a that's a tough one. I, I don't know where you stand on it. To me, I, I'm leaning more towards the peanut butter. I'm not a big peanut butter guy per se, but I think this combination of chocolate and peanut butter works very well in a protein bar like this it's so tasty and uh i really like it how do you feel about it david i might have to go with coconut i do know that regardless after every workout i'm definitely going for a built bar yeah. so any flavor is delicious yeah and, and look you you run a gym you know what it takes you grab yourself a built bar you feel better fills you up it's in between meals uh it's it's great again works for so many diets I'm glad you brought that up. So go to builtbar.com right now or at bar. I'm sorry, underscore built on Twitter. And remember to use the promo code locked15 to get 15% off your next order. What I like is that you can build your own box with all these variety of different flavors. That's locked15 to get 15% off your next order at builtbar.com and check back to see who won today's matchup and who will become the best tasting protein bar. Get more analysis on the top prospects available in this year's NBA Draft with a Locked On NBA Draft podcast, scouting reports, draft rumors, mock drafts, and full coverage of Mark Madness four days a week from credentialed draft experts. Subscribe today and follow Locked On NBA Draft. So the big news, aside from Miami losing their tonight against the Memphis Grizzlies, is that earlier in the afternoon, the Heat completing a trade with the Oklahoma City Thunder in exchange for Trevor Ariza, who had been out uh, of, well, he hadn't been playing all season long, actually hasn't played in quite some time, but the Heat acquire Ariza in exchange for Myers Leonard and a second round draft pick that was supposed to convey in 2027. We heard rumors about it yesterday. Kevin O'Connor of the Ringer was actually the first person to report that there was a trade in the works there. And we also heard that Miami was potentially linked to P.J. Tucker from the Houston Rockets. Tucker would wind up being sent in a trade that was consummated later on that afternoon to the Milwaukee Bucks that involved a few more players. Uh, I can't recall exactly. Otori Craig from the Bucks was sent over to the Rockets. 
or was it yeah it was to the rockets and then uh yeah so they that's the deal has it played out for miami doesn't really matter tucker's off the board i know a lot of heat fans wanted him in miami but you get trevor ariza a solid player he'd been working out in miami you saw him working out with noted skill specialist stanley remy who has a facility down here in south florida and ariza had been working out here for a while he actually was born here although he lived mostly in los angeles in his youth of course, there's championship experience, having played alongside Kobe Bryant, the Los Angeles Lakers, and winning a title there. He's played for nine other teams, so he's a well-traveled journeyman. Kind of the idea of Trevor Ariza, always better than the reality of it. But last season in Portland, he only played 22 games there. He spent the earlier part of the season with the Sacramento Kangs, who weren't particularly good, and he looked terrible there. And I talked to the host of Locked on Blazers, and he said there were very little expectations for a reason when he was acquired by the Blazers, but he wound up being a really bright spot for the team. He played defense very well on a team that did not play particularly well defensively. He scored 40% on all three-point attempts, about four per game. We have the Blazers. He's that 3 and D specialist that Miami was looking for, a versatile defender, another big body, a la Jay Crowder. I like the deal. What do you think, Tony? It's definitely the move I wanted them to make if it was between PJ and Ariza. There's so much that he offers you that feels Jay Crowder as he can he can switch down low um, to help Bam. He's able to actually hit corner threes right now. I think he was shooting 39% from the corner. Uh, he's a great versatile big to add that's going to help your defense. He's his freakish arm length is going to take something this team does really well, which is force turnovers and bring it to another step. Um, These are things that I don't know if PJ Tucker could offer. He looks slow. (laughs) So I'm kind of glad that the team did go that direction that we ended up getting Ariza. Um, I'm excited for what he's going to offer this squad. Yeah. Seven foot two wingspan. I I don't think I was really, I didn't realize it was that impressive. He he is listed at six, eight. So that's a, a pretty substantial growth there, but Look, he is 35 years of age. He hasn't played since last March. Uh, the Blazers advanced to the Orlando bubble, but because of a parental custody situation, a, a something of a personal nature, I don't think we ever quite got the details of what happened. Trevor sat out and elected not to go into the bubble because he wanted to hash out that personal situation. I'm sure he'll bring it up to media members over the next couple of days or weeks uh, if he's asked about it and maybe we'll get more clarification. Although of course, being of a personal nature, we probably shouldn't pry all that much either way. He has not played. Didn't really report to Oklahoma city thunder, a team that's clearly tanking doesn't have any need for a 35 year old player while they've been able to get the most out of George Hill and Al Horford. Trevor apparently did not feel quite as interested in joining the, the effort there with the Thunder. So similarly to what happened last season with Andre Iguodala in Memphis, where he was traded there from the Golden State Warriors and said, you know what? Nah, this ain't for me. I don't want to play there. Of course, Dylan Brooks and a couple other Grizzlies players uh, resent Andre Iguodala for never reporting to camp. But either way, uh, he wound up becoming Miami's problem and has been a boon here ever since. We, of course, got Jay Crowder in that deal. So it worked out. But for Ariza, you know, he looks like he's in great shape. He's been putting in the the minutes here, working out. And while that's not NBA-level competition, Spo probably has scouted him to some degree. They probably sent somebody over there to monitor his progress. And he's already entered health and safety protocols. He's been quarantined for some time with the hope that he'll actually be able to participate this weekend for the Heat. So he's probably not going to be available on Friday. I would say he's probably in on Sunday's lineup. What's the role for him here? Does he start? He, he doesn't replace Olenek as a starter, but... No, no. Uh, but I'm going to tell you, 
when Kelly is in the crunch time of games, uh, he's typically on one of the weaker offensive assignments. That means that Jimmy and Bam for 30 minutes a game are taking the toughest challenges on the court night in and night out. What Riza does immediately, regardless of how well he knows the defense and the offense, is give you on-ball defensive switchability. So he comes onto the court. He doesn't really know the defense, but he knows NBA basketball, and he can play in isolation against on-ball like on-ball defense. He can do that. He can give that to you right now. Um, but Kelly's been very good. I, I think the idea, if it's out there, that fans want a reason to start over Kelly is kind of crazy. But he'll definitely get spot minutes. He's going to help this team uh, tighten up its its rotation going into the playoffs. And what was the one thing that me and you both said going into this game and why it was going to be a scheduled loss? But the team just looks tired in back-to-backs. Fresh legs that can just give you impact on defense and take corner threes is really going to help your stars play better. Yeah. And I will caution everybody. I know a lot of people are saying trades and we've all been kind of foaming at the mouth since the <laughs> off season. Like the talk of Giannis Adekumpo built us into this incredible fervor. We were all like desperate for something to happen. And then when that fell through, we moved on to the next big thing it was James Harden. We were like this close. We were like the Danny Ainge of fans here waiting for the a next move to happen. And of course it falls apart there too. And then it's the little deals here and there. Victor Oladipo, he's next and that doesn't happen either. So now it's our first trade of the season. Probably not our last one. I would caution against expecting too much from Ariza early on, even in Iguodala in as great a shape as he was last season took some time for him to get his quote-unquote sea legs under him like he just looked a little shaky wasn't able to find that rhythm right away especially for a team like Miami that swings the ball as much especially last season so maybe it'll be a little different this year maybe Ariza is a little bit further along than Iguodala was although I wouldn't expect that to be the case and you know he'll probably take some time I would say probably by early April we'll start to reap the benefits of this kind of move uh, at least more consistently for now though he is another body he, he does provide theoretical shooting and defense on the perimeter switchability all the things that we were looking for I don't feel like this is the last of the moves either for Miami Mo Harkless obviously has not become any kind of factor for the heat this season Achua's minutes have been up and down his consistency has been all over the place I don't think the heat are willing to trade away Casey Opala yet but he's still a guy that you can groom under Trevor Ariza kind of in the same model as far as physicality and the they, they seem to have a very similar body type although Ariza uh, is much older clearly and and you know Opala I think has a little bit more athleticism and hops than uh, Ariza does at this point in his career but similar in body type anyway um I, I still think they need to add somebody else. I think they'll still look to add a LaMarcus Aldridge if he becomes available. Maybe they'll look to add a guard. I just don't see a lot of names out there. I know we talked about this before, but what's the move for you as far as uh, what's next for the Heat? I think it's an unpopular answer, but I really do think it's a guard. Uh, it, it doesn't matter what their uh, star level is. We just need a guard that can facilitate in the pick and roll just someone that can operate an offense. Um, and there's a lot of guys out there. There's a lot of names that kind of fit the bill. Uh, the Jeremy Lins of the world, the Shabazz Napiers. There's people that are available that we don't even have to trade for the grab. Uh, my, my issue, you brought up Gabe Vincent earlier and how you were kind of excited about his defense. I would be happy if I never see another Gabe minute. Uh, Gabe is, is the run starter. Uh, he, when he's on the court, other teams start runs. I, I'm, I'm just not his biggest fan. Now, saying that, 
he's also given a he's been given a bad bet. Uh, his role switches almost weekly with this team, and the minutes that he gets switched game to game. So it's not even all on Gabe's plate to to deal with the problems that he's been give, uh, gifted. But it's got to be another pick and roll bowl handler. Uh, when Kendrick Nunn's shot isn't falling, he's kind of useless out there. So we're left with uh, a lot of Goron minutes, which, as we saw tonight, didn't work out the best. Yeah. It also marks the end of the Myers Leonard era when it ended uh, a lot more briefly than a lot of people expected it to. And um, I don't know how to feel about the situation. I, I'm, I guess I'm glad that Myers is gone from the team, although uh, I did not expect it to take the bad turn that it has. I've talked about that on a number of occasions there. I don't know if you have any parting thoughts on Myers or his exit. Well, um, and this is a good opportunity for me to plug my pod too. So on In the Lane, uh, the last episode that we recorded was with Marlins president, David Sampson. And uh, he, he gave voice to the idea that this was an organization that uh, is led by uh, a very prominent Jewish community figure uh, in Mickey Arison, who donates a lot of money uh, to Israel and, and, and supports a lot of causes there. It did feel weird that the team took so long to investigate a nine second video that there even needed to be a follow up investigation, but it was very clearly a financial decision for them. They wanted to trade his contract as, as opposed to losing it. Um, they didn't want to just cut him and, and lose the disabled player exception. There is a business element to that. And I totally understand it. I think that in my perfect world, though, that player would have been cut after that incident. Um, but we are, free of Myers Leonard and uh, it seems as though OKC plans to cut him as well so a, a closed book and a Trevor Ariza to show for it huh yeah I, I mean overall just a positive even if Ariza winds up not being a huge plus for Miami just uh, unloading Myers contract and not really giving up much in exchange look Leonard wasn't going to play for all the off the court bullshit and all of his behavior and everything else that uh, made him persona non grata for Heat fans, at the very least, you know, you, you wind up getting some player with some potential there. Myers wasn't going to be able to contribute at all here. So I, I think it's it's glad that they were able to pull off the move. I think it works out for Miami in the long run. I think they'll be able to get the most out of Ariza the same way they did Iguodala, Jay Crowder, and almost anybody else who has ever worn a Heat uniform. So it's going to pay off. I still expect there to be a little move here and there throughout the rest of the season, whether it's at the trade deadline or in the weeks after that, we'll see what happens. You never know with Miami. I was just talking about this yesterday. It's so hard to predict what the heat are going to do. Pat Riley always with a, a something up his sleeve and you're never quite sure what's going to happen until it does until it, the news breaks, but uh, we'll have you covered uh, with all the news, all the breaking notes, anything that happens over the league over the next couple of weeks, we'll be sure to cover that. But Tony, thank you so much for stopping on the podcast. Why don't you tell my listeners where they can find you? You can follow me at twisted tapioca on Twitter. That's twisted tapioca. All one word spelled exactly as you think it is. Um, my podcast is on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, anywhere you can find podcasts. If you search in the lane, you will find my podcast. I just want to pre I thank you so much for bringing me on today, man. You're, you're helping me end my night in some kind of positive light today. 
Well, that's good. You're doing me a huge favor because I always think about the prospect of being, you know, up at twelve thirty in the morning, having to wake up in, in four and a half hours and cover this game, and knowing it was going to be a loss, and thinking to myself, "What the hell am I going to talk about? I, I don't have any energy for that." I probably, if not for the fact that I was committed to having you on the show, I probably would not even have recorded a podcast. That's how glum it was. But I'm glad you're here. You definitely brought something to the table. Make sure you always follow Tony and his great work. It's a, a really good podcast. He's had some great guests myself included and i think you'll find a lot of, of great guests uh, appearing on the show in the future so make sure you keep uh keep up to date with everything that tony's producing and follow him on twitter just a reminder you can always reach me via email at lockedonheat at gmail.com or via twitter using the hashtag ask heat be sure to please subscribe to the show and leave a review i'm david Ramil signing off and thanking you as always for your support